Right, here we are. Wajid, welcome to Bottled. Hey, Sahil, it's great to be on your show. Thank you for having me uh, down under. <laughs> it's my pleasure. And you were mentioning before the um, before we started recording that it's your first interview with someone from Australia. Absolutely, yeah. I, we were just talking about, you know, how, how I'm looking into the future, talking to somebody in the future, time traveler. It's pretty amazing technology. Right. Um, it's evening at seven, seven o'clock for you in the USA, and it's 9.30, nice and sunny for us in Canberra. Amazing. In Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking about this morning. Um, so it's it's already uh, the 20th of September for us, and it's uh, the 19th of September for you. Right. So it sort of feels like I've already experienced the next day. And yeah. uh, people in your time zone are still uh, in the other one. And uh, I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, you know what? Anything you're thinking today, if you're in, if you're in, if you're in a lot of stress, if you have problems, it's going to be okay. You're going to live the 20th of September, and it's just going to go on. And you know, it got me thinking about time traveling, where it is, it's feasible that, you know, if I suddenly instantaneously arrive there to Australia, I've 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 traveled into the future. So if you look at it on a cosmic scale, time travel is possible. But anyway, I guess that's another subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's very interesting because um, your book, The Struggle for World Sanity, um, I listened to the audio um, version of it and I loved it. Uh, I love the fact that uh, you've taken a stance, uh, in my opinion, and that stance is you, you aren't preaching about a certain religion. You aren't really debating other religions. No. You've taken a stance that love and service is the religion that we should all strive for. And I think that was the, the best part of the book for me. Well, um, that's that was probably the main reason, uh, Sahil, that I, I wrote the book uh, because it, it got published last year in August, uh, just at the beginning or the, or the beginning of the pandemic, and all hell broke loose and everybody was in you know isolation and was, and then on top of that, you know, um, we have you know let's face it, the conditions of this planet are not exactly the condition that we've created. Are not exactly the best, and you know yeah. we have we have endless wars. We have an economic system that favors minority. They're getting becoming billionaires while everybody's in slave labor. We have pollution. We have hatred between races and religion, and, and it's just going on and on. And so, I think the main reason for writing the book was to give your listeners and anybody else who reads the book uh, a glimmer of hope. Uh, a, a, a glimmer that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, we have to take responsibility for our conditions that we have created. We can't blame it on a divine source or higher beings. It's something that we as a collective race have created. And and now it's time to kind of look into the collective, uh, not yeah. so much friends and family and and town or or even country it's 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 thinking globally now and mm -hmm. you know we're talking globally now we're talking real time you know i'm in raleigh north carolina you're in canberra australia mm -hmm. we're talking globally and um that's that's the essence of 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 of, of what we need now is to is to start um a mind shift from individuality uh, mm -hmm. to isolation, to uh, a global perspective. And uh, and there's a, there's a couple of reasons why that's happening right now as well. 
Yeah, and you've clearly outlined that in your book as well, that the problems in the world today are uh, man-made or uh, people-made. Um, and it's it's just incredible that we've forgotten where we come from and what our existence, the reason behind our existence and how lucky we are to be in this world um, or this earth. And um, reading the book or listening to the book, it was just... Um, when I finished listening to the audio version of your book, I was sort of glad because you've talked about a lot of things that goes against or that's something very new for a lot of us. And it's really hard to grasp everything all at once, and which is, which is something I'm eager to talk about today as well. And I think one of the most interesting things that have happened um, in your lifetime and you've mentioned in the book is your contact with um, the UFO. Uh, I think, um, as far as I remember, the first contact with the UFO with you happened, um, as you've mentioned, was at a school ground. Uh, yeah, when school. I was when I was very very young, um, I had a kind of um, I, I could I could pinpoint uh, the existence of this spacecraft on a different dimension, on a higher frequency, and I could clearly see it on this particular level. So even at that. I think that's probably glimpses of my past life um, mm-hmm. that when we get these uh, psychic visions and, you know, so I've always been kind of psychic, been been a little psycho as well, but that's another story. <laughs> but um, um, I just, yeah, I definitely could see this uh, UFO landing on the, on, on the, you know, on, a, on the playground in a different dimension. And it was, uh, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And just to uh, get the definitions behind, um, just for um, the benefit of our, of our listeners as well, when you say a different dimension, what exactly is a different dimension? Well, I mean, if you study um, Buddhist and Hindu uh, philosoph- uh, philosophies, um, you know, a lot of the, um, uh, the yogi masters talk about different dimensions of existence. Uh, most people on this earth don't even know, we don't even know where we go when we die. We're not even aware of these dimensions, um, mm. and you know the, um, the the yogi master that I followed, Dr. George King, uh, he he was able to project these uh, different uh, dimensions, and he said that the six uh, levels of frequency above us, and four levels of frequency below us, called the lower astral realms, and so when we die. Uh, we actually inhabit one of these realms based on our own uh, individual frequency. Um, mm. And so we, we live there for a while, and then uh, we come back uh, uh, into the reincarnatory cycle of Earth to learn certain experiences, and, and it just goes on endless, uh, you know, on and mm. on till we get to the point where we've learned all the lessons we need to learn. Um, and then from there, we can gain ascension, move on, um, which could take, you know, uh, a long time, but it's 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 part of our heritage, and you know, yeah. like you said before, the conditions that we've created on this planet are our own doing. So the good thing is, because of our own divine heritage, we can raise ourselves back to uh, what we were at one time, which were which we were very advanced spiritual and technically advanced uh, beings, and uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, over the centuries, we've we've kind of been hypnotized and molded uh, yeah. to 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 the point where um, we can't even, you know, uh, experience some of our psychic visions. There's nothing wrong with being psychic; it's a natural phenomena. And so, all mm. these things have been 
you know, we've clouded our own uh, bodies uh, by our own yeah. ignorance. And so the time has come now that that we're breaking because of certain things occurring that we're breaking free from this uh, cycle of bondage. And I, I definitely believe, uh, Sahil, that there is uh, a great awakening, a spiritual awakening that's occurring on the planet right now. Yeah, and which is something I'm eager to dive forward um, later on as well. Uh, I've had uh, quite a few, uh, few things um, that I, we would like you to define as well, just so we have absolute clarity on what your message is. Um, and just going back to your vision of the UFO that landed um, when you were at the school ground. So it was, uh, so you believe that it's a vision of your previous life. Would that be no, correct? No, that was actually, uh, it wasn't a vision. It was a, a natural occurrence. I actually saw this UFO on a different frequency. It wasn't a vision. You know, I actually oh, okay. saw it in real time, like what I'm talking mm. to you right now, but on a different level of vibration. Uh, as far as my visions are concerned, I just had visions when I was younger of a past life um, mm. that a lot of us get, uh, especially when we're young, we get visions of past life and then eventually uh, as we get older, we, we move on and focus on this life. So uh, yeah. that was, but it was a definitely a real time experience for me. Mm. And uh, you earlier as well, you mentioned that you do have psychic um, abilities, and you've also mentioned in the book, which I found very interesting, that it's not uh, psychic abilities are not a gift; it is something you can develop, which which is uh, very interesting. Can you elaborate on that? As in, what are these psychic abilities and this uh, natural occurrence that occurred in the school ground? Why for you though? Uh, that I can't explain because I don't know why I had the experience, what I did. Um, mm. Yeah, we, we've closed up our psychic senses. We're, we, you know, we're spiritual beings in physical bodies. It's not the other way around. We have an aura. We have psychic senses where there's this flow of, of psych, uh, subtle, subtle energies that flow through us. And so what we've done is we've ossified uh, some of the higher psychic centers. And so... Um, you know, the visions and the psychic abilities uh, can be enhanced. Every man, woman, and child is is born psychic. We just, we've just lost the ability. So, you know, using our intuition, uh, yoga, breathing exercises, uh, raising our vibrations, uh, all of us can, again, uh, enhance this natural ability. This is not anything unnatural. It's part of our, uh, it's part of our human nature. Yeah. Um, and you know how sometimes as human beings, when we're about to do something risky, that's um, that we know is is not our day to day activity. Let's say, for example, uh, bungee jumping or something that is pushing us beyond our boundaries, this adrenaline rush that you get. Um, in my opinion, uh, and I agree to what you mentioned in the book as well, it's this intuition that you get this the fact that you know you're thinking you're you're using the maximum capacity of your brain when you're in grave risk or danger and that's real i think that's a part of uh, a human's psychic ability as well like, let's say for example you're in a forest or in the woods and you're being chased by chased by a wild animal um, if you remember if you were a child if you were chased by dogs which i was in asia whenever a, a dog chased me and he was about to bite me or she was about to bite me i used to run with the best of my ability and with strength that i didn't know i have 
And uh, in one occurrence, you mentioned you were driving in England when you were growing up, and uh, in an intersection, something happened, and um, a car was coming from the right, and something you had an intuition, you had a message come across to you, and um, you sort of stopped, and it it prevented an accident from happening. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually heard a voice that's inside me that said "brake." And mm-hmm. so I, I, I pressed on the brake and right at that time, this, uh, this truck went by and I, I could have been killed. So, yeah, um, some, uh, I, I think in that situation, uh, that may not have been my intuition. That could have been a spirit guide. Uh, cause we all, again, we all have spirit guides. That's another subject, but it could have been a spirit mm-hmm. guide that, uh, that foresaw this or saw this before it happened and warned me. So again, that's another aspect of psychic ability is is the ability to um, tune in uh, to people who have passed on onto the other realms and communicate with them. And I use that a lot in my uh, healing practice. I don't actually yeah. communicate directly with spirit guides. Uh, I think it, unless you're unless you're trained uh, mm. with with somebody who's an expert, I think it can be kind of dangerous. So I stay away from that. But uh, I do, I do use that psychic ability in my in my uh, healing practice, which I've done for the last forty years. So, uh, and yeah. again, you know, these things, uh, premonitions, uh, uh, the female uh, of, of of the species uh, has better intuition than the male, um, and uh, it's really interesting. In the Middle Ages, you know, some of the women who had these psychic abilities and could heal uh, were considered as witches and were burnt at the stake because mm. people could not understand uh, that they had the sight. And uh, luckily they don't do that these days. Uh, although in some countries, some, some countries they still are looked upon as, you know, witches or whatever. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's just like riding a bicycle. The more we train our intuition and our psychic abilities, the better we get. Yeah, uh, I, I guess mental clarity has a big role to play in this as well. If you have the ability to organize your thoughts, to think clearly and just have one purpose, which is to love and to serve others, uh, I think that brings you closer to uh, harnessing this uh, psychic ability that you're talking about. Um, not necessarily. I mean, my thoughts are all over the place most of the time. Um, I think uh, I, I, it's, I think it's a different uh, process. I think it's more not, not controlling the thoughts, but opening myself up uh, to um, uh, inspiration, to guidance. So it's, it's a different aspect of, 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 of it's part of the superconscious part that it's that small voice within that tells you what's right or wrong. And so it's a case of listening to that premonition, listening. I, I mentioned in the book that, that your intuition is probably uh, is, is the best uh, lie detector ever, ever um, invented on the planet. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you use your intuition, you can usually tell if you're being lied to or if, if somebody in the media tells you something which you know just part of you feels it's not right. And so you don't have to be limited to, to, to just, you know, like sheep, just nodding and accepting the status quo. But uh, part, of, part of us uh, knows what's right and what's wrong. And, and it's a case, again, yeah. it's a case of practicing and opening myself up uh, to, to that ability. And, uh, and mm. in the past, I haven't listened to my intuition and it's caused me a lot of problems. 
And yeah. uh, so I try as much as possible now, if I can, and if I get, if I don't get a good feeling, I won't follow through with it. Um, yeah. And a lot of it is trial and error as well. Sometimes we listen and we get the wrong message. Um, so it takes time again, you know, it's a, mm. it's a, it's a inherent ability, which just takes time to practice. Yeah. And it's, it's very complex sometimes because you, you have all these thoughts going on since the time you wake up in the morning till the night, you have all these things you look at, people you talk to, and sometimes we confuse ourselves with, um, with things and we don't know what our true purpose is as well. And I think sometimes that gets in the way of listening to ourselves or just trusting our guts or intuition. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Yep. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just 29 at this point in time. And there is, so, I know that there's so much to learn and there's so much to go, go for. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to focus on uh, personally and professionally myself is to organize my thoughts and uh, one of the reasons I love doing the podcast and talking to professionals um, like you or uh, individuals like you is the fact that there, you help me organize my thoughts. And um, and having that, I believe, is so important just to understand what you're trying to say and what, uh, just to understand what you've read or what you've listened to from someone else. And um, after re listening to your book, uh, I think that's, um, if there's one lesson that I've taken for myself is um, that we need to question, we need to look around, and we need to challenge the status quo. Absolutely. And we need to look up to role models as well. And you've beautifully mentioned your relationship with your master, uh, Dr. George King, who is, um, uh, would it be um, right to say he's the uh, head of, he was the head of the Ethereum Society? Yes, yes, that was his organization, the Ethereum Society, yep. And what is the Ethereum Society for the benefit of the listeners? Um, well, he, he formed the Ethereum Society. Um, just to give your uh, listeners a quick uh, background on on my yogi master, Dr. George King, I met him in London when I was 16, and uh, I just knew, based on some of his teachings, uh, that, my, again, my intuition felt that he was uh, in, indeed who, who he was. He kind of, um, in a way, kind of um, put on a, a little facade that that people, you know, he kind of came across as, as an ordinary, ordinary person in in many ways. He was a very practical person, but um, just to give you a little history, um, he he, you know, during the war, uh, he was a conscious uh, objector, but it, he wasn't a, he wasn't a fearful man. He was a very brave man. Who, who joined the uh, London Fire Brigade as a section leader during the Nazi Blitz over England. And uh, one of his tasks was to go in and do search and rescues after bombings into burning buildings. So he was a very, very uh, brave, fearless man. And, uh, you know, picking up pieces of little children really affected him uh, to the point where after the war, again, premonitions from the past, he started uh, an earnest study into yoga. Um, not just the Hatha yoga uh, for mm. physical, but f um, breathing exercises, pranayama, uh, mantra yoga, and other exercises, mental exercises. You talk about controlling the mind. Uh, yoga is all about, uh, yoga means union with God or the divine. And the aspects of yoga is to completely control your thoughts and your mind uh, to the point where you can raise your consciousness 
uh, to high elevated states of being. And in, in his case, he reached these high elevated states of being doing yoga for up to 10 hours a day on top of his normal job, which at that time was a London a taxi driver. And he mm. did that for 10 years till he reached a, a, a stage where he was actually contacted by higher beings uh, from other dimensions, from other planets. And he uh, would go into a positive yogic uh, trance state and uh, translate these mental impulses that were being sent to him through his larynx into English because he was an Englishman. And over 600 uh, transmissions or recordings uh, were, were, were given through him. And so, uh, again, you know, uh, I, I tell you, listener, don't don't take my uh, word for for him as far as his contacts, but do your own research. Go to the go to his website, you know, aetherius.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S dot O-R-G. And the reason he was contacted uh, in the 50s was at that time, um, the um, uh, we again opened up the Pandora's box and started exploding atom and hydrogen bombs. And it mm. was known by the higher beings that not only uh, mankind was on the brink of disaster, but the earth herself was about to die. And it was very interesting that in the 50s and 60s, there were tremendous uh, UFO sightings around the world. And I I believe that they, the higher beings uh, that contacted uh, my yogi master actually saved us by uh, absorbing a lot of this atomic uh, fallout. And even scientists today cannot fathom the fact that we're still alive um, because of the mm-hmm. so much fallout on that radiation uh, w- should have killed us. And uh, the fact that w- we're alive today is is because of the intervention of these higher beings. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Um, I was just about to say, um, does Operation Prayer Power um, have to play a big role in this? Uh, Operation Prayer Power, um, I, I'm sure you'll define that as well, but it's it's a method of the Ethereum Society to put prayers into a physical battery, which can then be released into the world through another mechanism. Well, um, you know, Dr. King uh, uh, always said on the platform that there was only one crisis on this planet, and that was a spiritual energy crisis. He said, if you solve that crisis, then all other crises, both between countries and individuals will automatically be, be solved. So he was a not in, uh, he was a meta scientist. He was, you know, technically uh, a very practical person. And yes, you know, um, we can send our energy uh, through the palms of our hands and the heart center in 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 areas of crisis like an earthquake or a famine or a war. Yeah. And and he basically Operation Prapow, He he invented. Uh, a spiritual energy battery that could store uh, spiritual energy where people we meet on a weekly basis. Uh, they do Buddhist mantras with the Christian mm. prayers and send energy into that battery. So in a way, it's very similar to a car battery that stores electrical energy. But in this case, that's that's about as similar as it is. But in this case, he... he um, uh, got together certain uh, metals, certain crystals, which could hold this spiritual energy. And then he created uh, another device called a spiritual energy radiator. So, in a, and, yeah. it, and it was very interesting back in the early 70s um, that uh, 
there was this war that was that occurred between um, uh, Greece and Turkey over Cyprus, and when the war started, uh, Dr. King manipulated uh, energy from from this battery, sending it out as as a as a tremendous uh, power and actually completely. Uh, the 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 war that was going to occur completely fizzled out the next day, so there's mm. proof that prayer works not only on an individual basis but also on a collective basis as well. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and I was reading this article in the New York Times just last night before I went to bed preparing um, for today's episode as well. Um, and they have they had an uh, had a headline, and would you agree to the headline that was there on the New York Times? It says the religion that speaks to extraterrestrial beings to save planet earth or um to a certain extent w- would that be a an accurate description of the ethereal society as yeah. in you have a close link with uh the extraterrestrial from other dimensions uh because um like you mentioned as well our previous life we were higher beings we were advanced beings and so you sort of work collectively in order to make the world a better place yeah, Dr. King was in contact with the beings that people talk about, flying saucers or UFOs, and uh, with my own personal experiences. And also, uh, I believe he was a true contactee. Uh, one of the reasons I, I believe that was um, back in the 60s, they would give um, flying saucer sightings, the, the beings that contacted him would give flying saucer sightings over Australia, New Zealand, America. Now, listen to this, Sahil, three weeks before they actually occurred. And three weeks later, those exact sightings occurred. So to me, that was definite proof that he was in contact. Um, And some of the messages come forward, talk about our past, talk about our Mm. present, talk about our future, uh, talk about the dangers of atomic war, uh, the hydrogen bomb, not only affects the physical realms, but the higher uh, mental realms as well, uh, the etheric yeah. realms, the subtle bodies. Um, and so the Ethereum Society was formed in, in cooperation with, with the, these higher beings who we refer to as cosmic masters. And uh, part of uh, some of the operations that Dr. King uh, devised were in cooperation with these higher beings where he would, uh, he invented, uh, you know, the spiritual energy radiator where beams of energy uh, sent regularly through this through this device out to the mm. world uh, by these beings who are very advanced, not only technically but also spiritually. And he devised a number of cosmic uh, missions, which were have been designed uh, primarily to help the, not only the planet but every single life stream on 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 on, on that resides upon uh, Mother Earth as as well. Yeah, and like you said, um, this um, the the power of the prayer sort of helped um, the battle between Greece and Turkey to subside or just to entirely diminish. Uh, would it be safe to say that uh, because of these uh, proceedings from the Ethereum Society or these actions or activities from the Ethereum Society, the world is in a much better place today than it would have been if those practices wouldn't have been held? Um, I, I totally agree. I think, I think the karma of the world is in a very precarious situation. And I, 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 I agree that if it wasn't for certain missions that, uh, that, that 
Dr. King uh, devised in cooperation with the higher beings. I think uh, I think right now we would probably be under a nuclear holocaust. Uh, I think uh, parts of uh, many lands would be underwater. Uh, I, I I definitely believe that. And and again, you know, it's up to the listener to do their own research and find out some of the missions. Uh, uh, quickly mentioned, you know, Operation Starlight. Um, where he charged eight, 18 different mountains were charged around the world to become spiritual batteries for people to send out energies. Uh, Operation Blue Water, which uh, pretty much saved the coast of California. Uh, the stop that San Andreas fault line, well, well, I actually held it up for a little while. And uh, other missions like, like you mentioned, Operation Prayer Power, Operation Sunbeam is another mission where uh, spiritual energies are given directly to the mother earth as a karmic mm. manipulation for for all that we bled from her over the centuries so these yeah. and uh and other cosmic missions again uh people can research on the ethereum society website um mm. i may be biased in my opinion in regards to yeah conditions uh could have been uh, worse um i believe that um you know, if it wasn't the intervention of the cosmic masters in the 50s and 60s uh, by absorbing a lot of that radiation, um, I think we would all be dead by now. Um, mm. Also, uh, another proof of his contact was um, there was this uh, massive explosion in the Ural Mountains in Russia, uh, which wasn't talked about, happened in the 50s. And the cosmic being said that over 18 million people could have could have died in this explosion. They took an intervention, and for many years, Russia didn't talk about this explosion. It was only till 1976 that a scientist from Russia defected and mm. and talked about this explosion that happened in the Ural Mountains in Russia. So again, another validation of uh, Dr. King's true contact with these yeah. uh, higher space intelligences. Yeah, and it just sounds like these procedures of the Ethereum Society are very technical. Um, with, uh, you know, how I grew up as a Hindu was uh, we have this belief in God and we pray and we try to do good, as good as we can. And sort of uh, we then rely on God to help us uh, with our journey in life. But it sounds like Ethereum Society as um, a religious movement is very technical. It's like, yes, do good take power in in your hands because you can you have the ability to do good and to influence others uh, as well and uh, it just sounds like very hands-on um, religious movement yeah absolutely uh, dr king talked about practical spirituality uh, I, I i read a, a lecture the other day where he said well you know if, if, if you're in the desert he said you can pray as much as you want but unless somebody comes to rescue you, you, you you're going to die, you know. Or if yeah. you don't take precautions uh, before a, a hurricane uh, or a hurricane or an earthquake, doesn't matter how much you pray to God during the hurricane or earthquake. If you haven't taken those practical uh, precautions, you're going to die. And so, yeah. so t he said, be practical, but use your faith on top of the uh, on top of being practical as well so you're right a lot of them are, are very hands hands-on uh, missions and uh, to, to to show that you know that uh, yeah there's different forms of prayer and loving uh, service is loving action and uh, you know there's 
you can give to charity. That's a form of service in financial means. Uh, you can do volunteer work. I do volunteer work. I directly help uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. And then uh, I also do uh, I also do practical prayer. I, I also belong to a group where we, we send out spiritual energy pretty much every day from 40 different countries. Uh, people want to join in. Uh, they can go to the website 12blessings.org. And uh, so there's, there's, there's uh, like you said in the beginning, that love and service is the call of today, regardless of race, color, read, creed, or religion. That is a universal call. That is a universal religion, which is which will save us uh, from uh, another nuclear holocaust uh, mm. that we're liable to, to have if we're not careful or we continue to regress absolutely yeah yeah it's just incredible and i love having this discourse uh, where you and i we may have different opinions and different beliefs and our different journey and stories and we don't necessarily have to agree on the same thing but we can still have a valid conversation and i love this and you mentioned um on the the chapter uh, your relationship with your master dr george king that people may say that Dr. George King is could be one of the biggest geniuses or one of the biggest um, scammers, or I'm not sure what the particular word you used was. And I just, uh, I was in the field listening to this and I just laughed. I, I, I couldn't help but laugh. But, and the reason is I'm sure with uh, the things that you talk about and the things that Ethereum society believes in, um, not everyone is going to believe it. No. Not everyone is going to, because in, in today's world, even f people don't believe in facts, let alone someone um, claiming that um, you've spoken to cosmic masters or from other, or being from other dimensions. Have you ever received the same um, kind of response from the public or any other person that, um, no, nah, it can't be true. And uh, what you're doing is just living in your own world? Well, it's interesting you should ask that, uh, uh, Sahil, because back in the 50s and 60s, when Dr. King came out to say that he was in contact uh, with cosmic beings, and, and even he, he mentioned that he was in contact with the Master Jesus, that really caused a big uproar, you know, in the Christian church, to the mm -hmm. point where his life was threatened. And, you know, um, but he, he, he still stood bravely. And uh, one thing that that I admire about my master was that, you know, he, he said that every time he got on in front of the podium or, or made a speech, he made a, a solemn vow uh, to, uh, to God that he will speak the truth uh, no matter mm -hmm. what. And it cost him a lot of public, you know, a lot of, um, uh, it cost him a, a lot of money. It cost him a lot of, um, uh, you know, publicity as far as negative publicity, and people would would laugh and joke when he talked about the cosmic beings. Um, it's really interesting. I've done a few interviews since the book. I've actually I've done a number of interviews uh, since the book, and it's very interesting that now that science is expanding, and knowledge of the cosmos and the galaxy and the suns, uh, people now uh, in the past where people say there's there's life on other planets and there's ancient being would be laughed at. Now it's turned the other way. Uh, yeah. People are more open and they're not laughing anymore, especially, especially when, you know, uh, like a few years ago on CNN, 
they had these retired military generals from Colorado who talked about uh, UFOs uh, that they saw at a, um, a, a nuclear base and that these they saw beams of pink energy going into these yeah. uh, nuclear warheads and and neutralizing them. And this is, you know, this this is from extremely strict, disciplined military. It's not it's not yeah. a, a farmer or, or a housewife who saw these things. And so, and when astronauts talk talked about, you know, um, UFOs following them on their mission to the moon, and when they landed on the moon, that they saw flying saucers hovering over, they were being followed. You know, so these things now are not being laughed at anymore. Um, yeah. And so people are, are a lot more open. And, and it's when the, the, the actual people are being laughed at now are the government and the media when they say there are no extraterrestrial craft or extraterrestrial life. Now, I think our intelligence is being insulted. So uh, there's mm. definitely a, a, an awakening, an open-minded uh, belief. Even that Pentagon report recently uh, that they released, again, they couldn't define over a hundred sightings. Um, they couldn't, they, the, the, you know, again, they, they, they didn't publicly declare, but it's pretty, pretty obvious that they know that these are uh, extraterrestrial uh, spacecraft, yeah. which, uh, which have extraterrestrial life. The, the, the thing, there's two sides now, there's one side that are throwing the fear factor that all oh, these aliens are going to come and destroy us or, you know, um, take over us. And then the, then the, the other side where, where we come in, where we say, well, if they were destructive, they could have taken over us thousands yeah. of years ago. And in fact, Dr. King asked a question. He said, if, if you were to take over us, how long would it take? And the reply yeah. was between 10 and 15 minutes that they could completely uh, take over this planet. So they are, yeah. they are very powerful, uh, technically advanced beings, but also very benign and very spiritual. So um, yeah. I know it was a long-winded answer to your question, but yes, the fact is uh, not many people are, are laughing anymore. People are actually very in, intrigued and very mm -hmm. interested now in the, in the, in the topic. Yeah, and you gave a reasoning to that as well, as in looking at a UFO or even because the topic about extraterrestrial beings or UFOs or aliens, for that matter, is one of the most downloaded and one of the most sought after topics uh, on the Internet, on Google or other search engines, what, what have you. And you mentioned that it is because it reminds us of our past. It's yes. a close subject to our heart. And the fact that it exists, it, it's we've always been so interested about the ufos it's just just imagining that flying saucer and imagining that white beam coming down from from the sky it's just a very intriguing subject and um and you mentioned that it's it's a very close subject to our heart because it reminds us of our past yeah um at one time we were advanced in many ways technically and spiritually yeah. and there's the subconscious mind remembers everything from our initial re and initial creation, billions and billions of years ago, up to up to now, so there is a part of us. Uh, that's why we're, we're we're drawn to science fiction, to technology. Now, uh, there is a part of us that that knows that we were at one time extremely advanced. We just regressed. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, and and I think that's a draw also to these movies, Marvel 
movies and Star Wars and all that because there's there's something inherent in us that knows that at one time we were technically there as as well. Yeah, and I saw the CNN report uh, that you were talking about. Uh, I apologize. I'm not. It was it CNN. Yeah, it was on CNN. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I sh- I think I saw a shorter version of that video as well where the uh, the experts were talking about this sighting, and um, yeah, it just blew my mind the fact that it's become and it was a very authentically made video. It's not like like you said, someone from, from a farm in right. um, midwestern US uh, taking a video, but it, it was it was a very well made report put together as well. And uh, the fact that uh, UFOs uh, sightings are um, official and they exist uh, are, is becoming a reality, and that made me wonder. Uh, would you happen to have any idea of um, crop circles and how they occur, and if it's in any way related to extraterrestrial beings coming to Earth? Um, Dr. King was actually talked about that, and I know a few people who've done research on crop circles. Um, not all, you know. Again, the media uh, try to bamboozle it as as man-made, um, but you know the intricacies of the uh, of the designs are just absolutely symmetrically beautiful uh and you know uh they, they have uh, some mathematicians have even created looked at maybe formulas for these uh crop yeah. circles um and, and they've actually filmed like be- little beams light of light that were they're moving around uh, that created the crop circles before they happened um, I'm not an expert in crop circles, but um, I believe that the, uh, I'm not sure if it's the actual cosmic beings or the UFOs that are creating them, but I know it's a, definitely a higher source from a different frequency, uh, maybe yeah. uh, maybe uh, more to do with uh, nature spirits that are showing mm. us signs or giving us signs that we're not alone. And yeah. um, and again, uh, the media has has. Uh, I don't know what they're afraid of. Uh, I think they don't. They, I think the governments of the world know about UFOs and crop circles. I think just to stay in power, they don't want to really openly declare because the the cosmic beings told Dr. King in the fifties that oh, most governments are aware that the flying saucers are, are real. Not only that, that they're, all, that they're also friendly. And um, mm. I, th- I think crop circles have come up recently again. It's to sh- give signs to mankind that, uh, that there is intelligent life uh, beyond just the physical planes of this world. If we can yeah. call ourselves intelligent life right now, because um, one of the cosmic beings mentioned that that we're known in the, in the, in the solar system and beyond as a very barbaric primitive warlike race so uh, we got to roll up our spiritual socks and kind of change that uh Mm. that classification probably one of the reasons they don't land openly because we'd i don't think we'd open we'd mention we'd welcome with welcome them in peace based on our mentality we'd probably try to destroy them you know yeah we do have a very bloody past and um, the fact that we've been developing these nuclear weapons in secret and countries have been boasting about these weapons and sort of um, putting a threat forward in a very elusive way that we will destroy you if you come and it, attack it, us. It doesn't make sense, Sahil, that why would the greatest brains on this planet be focused on the destruction of humanity? 
you know i mean of course there's some great brains that work on medical mm. and other other fields but it seems the majority of the of the brains are, are geared towards weapons of mass destruction it's just it doesn't yeah. it just doesn't make logical sense it's it's yeah and again you know wars are created for profit you know uh, for corporations mm. and uh, it's the bottom line is pretty evil all in all let's mm. face it it's an evil uh, aspect of us that needs to be transmuted and again that transmutation can come on a global scale uh, not with bombs not with hatred but with spiritual energy which is a very tangible uh, uh you know pranic spiritual energy or the energy of of love l o v e is the strongest yeah. energy in the cosmos and nothing nothing can stop it stop that no matter what mm. and you know it's ju- it's just the same uh, as electricity it just follows different uh, octave of, of of existence but it's real you can feel it you can go in front of a mirror you can you can send white light from the palms of your hand and your heart center and it will reflect and you can feel tingling around your fingers and around your aura so these things are not are not uh, you know uh, something airy fairy it's actually very a very tangible energy yeah. that is that is so needed on this planet right now to create uh, like you said a universal peace yeah and that reminds me just uh, the fact that you can physically go in front of a mirror put your palms forward and you can sort of project this uh, spiritual energy of love or of positivity and uh, that just reminded me that um I remember growing up in uh, Nepal, uh, we had this tradition of elders putting their palms on our heads or uh, when when they say bless you or uh, when they say take care of yourself, they do this. Uh, would that sort of be a part of what you're talking about as in using your palms and your hands to project energy, positive aura? Yeah, uh, there's two ways of sending uh, of sp- sending spiritual energy. One is directly physically, where you're actually touching the human uh, frame or or frame of any animal or any life, and everything reacts to healing on this planet. Um, so the yeah, um, uh, Dr. King wrote a book called "You Too Can Heal" back in the seventies, again, which revolutionized as far as healing is concerned, the transmission of spiritual energy, and it's nothing new. Uh, you know, mm. people in in the East have used uh, healing, spiritual energy, and and again, it's a natural ability. Um, just yeah. just that touch from one one person to another uh, automatically transmits uh, healing energy with 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 the thought of love. And so he just updated it. He just said that every man, woman, and child on this planet mm. can give healing. Uh, even animals can give healing. So it's a natural. Uh, it's a natural uh, process, and so he developed a, a technique where you know you can physically charge each psychic center as you as you give healing, which causes a balance in the aura, which reflects onto the physical body, and so yeah. um, so there's that there's direct healing, and then of course there's uh, what's called distant healing or absent healing, where you send out the energy, and you know. And it, and and it goes instantaneously to the person you're thinking of, because the yeah. speed of thought, I think, in free space has been calculated to be like four million times the speed of light. So instantaneously, uh, you can think of somebody, send this energy out, and it'll get to them. You know, uh, yeah. with, before you even thought of it, it's, it's already received. 
And um, in regards to the cosmic beings, um, Dr. King wrote a book uh, called The Nine Freedoms in the 60s where he physically projected from his body and went to this spacecraft that's actually in orbit of, of Earth right now, a spacecraft by the, which he called Satellite Number 3. He said it was about a mile and a half long and it was mm. banned by manned by advanced uh, humanoid beings. So he said they were about like seven feet tall and they were very handsome features, tan, and the women were also very beautiful. So that notion of little green men kind of throws out the door. But he observed that they had very complex computerized systems, uh, radionic mm. systems on this, on this spacecraft. And it was later learned uh, by one of the cosmic beings on this on the spacecraft that that every sing, you know they have a record uh, they have the um, vibrational sequence of every single life stream on this planet man woman child fish rock uh, they've which they've 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 kept for over 80 million years observing us now why would they have that I mean if you look at basic terrestrial technology these days with a, with a, uh, a GPS, a global positioning satellite, you can pin, pinpoint anybody on the, on the planet now as a cell phone. So that's basic yeah. terrestrial science. Now, if you expand that to like millions of years into the future, uh, they can pinpoint any, any live stream and send energy to that, to that live stream who, re- who requests it. Even if like, you know, there's like, 200,000 people and one person in that mm. in that group just asked for the energy so tel- telepathically we're linked um, to this uh, to this uh, uh, spacecraft or or, a, or as dr. King referred to as a temple of light and during yeah. these during these periods where they're in orbit we just have to think about them and it automatically energy will be sent through us which will be enhanced mm. and we can send out which is more powerful than us just doing it ourselves. And again, this just blows my mind that there is technology, spiritual technology out there that is that advanced and and that has nothing to do with any destruction. Uh, it's mm. it's wonderful to know that there's beings who are so... Uh, they, they said that the the instrumentations on this, on this spacecraft uh, would be beyond the imagination of, of the greatest terrestrial scientist. In other yeah. words, it's so advanced that it's beyond our our understanding, and yet it's yeah. re- it's real, and that's what gives and, me that's what gives me hope. It gives me yeah, hope and, that, that 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 there's that there's peaceful beings who are more powerful than we are, but they come in peace and they want to help the earth. Uh, that that to me is the greatest greatest uh, hope that I've I've come across since for many many years, considering yeah. the way we are right now. Yeah, and, and there's a technical name for this spacecraft, uh, for this satellite that's above us, right? It's called Satellite 3, I believe. Satellite number 3, it, yeah. Number 3, yeah. So, um, and you said it appears in certain months of the year. Yeah, it's it's in it's in orbit. They say that it's uh, 1,550 miles above the surface of the Earth, and it's in mm-hmm. orbit till October the 6th. And again, you know, if your listeners want to, you know they can just they can just telepathically demand this energy, and they'll be able to feel this energy come come through them. And uh, mm. like I say, I belong to a group that sends that sends it out regularly. And again, this is the call of the day. 
and and you don't even have to believe in the cosmic masters you don't even have to believe in the ethereal society uh you can be even an atheist but if you have the desire um mm. because this is this this is for everybody it's not for anybody who wants to be a member of the ethereal society it's for every man woman and child and they will send this energy uh, to to everybody and they regard us as the human race not just you know one particular country or whatever and so yeah. you know they they have that universal approach which brings me back again to the your initial concept that yeah are these the days of love and service they certainly are in the age of aquarius absolutely yeah and you said there is a great change happening and which is something i i think you you firmly believe in which is your slogan your tagline on uh the platform that we uh we interacted on initially and you've mentioned in quite a few um instances that a great change is happening and this the vibrational frequency or the energy of um us as human beings on earth is increasing and there will be uh, th- there is inevitably a day that um just war hatred jealousy selfishness everything is going to be over uh, what is this great change and how is it going to happen and do we have a timeline um it's already started and uh, there's no force on earth that can stop it um so it's already hap- it's happened it will happen in the, in the next few centuries uh this this change has already started and there's nothing that mankind or anybody can do to stop that uh there's two aspects behind the great change first of all uh where we are astrologically in the age of aquarius which is pushing mankind uh to become more aware to be to cooperate uh and help um everybody uh on the planet in a in a universal way um and so um that's one aspect another aspect was on July the 8th 1964 the cosmic beings uh came and encircled the earth and sent tremendous uh energies uh to you know the, the earth is a living breathing goddess she's not just a piece of rock she's a very living breathing who's who's who sustained us for millions of years and she was given these tremendous energies which uh, which was called the initiation of earth more energies than than she was given prior to even becoming a planet and so she's holding these energies in a state of suspension but every year yeah because if she if she suddenly released them then the whole of mankind would be destroyed immediately um so she yeah. she's in her compassion she's holding these energies and then, but every year they're being released slowly and the, and the, so the spiritual vibrations around us are being increased um the uh, the climate change is not hasn't has not got to do everything with with carbon emissions part of the climate change is this raise raising the vibrations of mother earth where the poles are melting the ionosphere is being taken down gradually um to increase uh, ultraviolet rays and cosmic rays which are beneficial to the planet herself mm. and so um we have to conform um to this raising of 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 vibrations by raising our own vibrations and if we don't this is the crux of it this new age will occur and and only those who've made the effort to um uh, to conform and raise their vibrations will be allowed to stay on the planet because we won't 
the others won't be able to handle these vibrations and uh, they will mm. be taken off the planet to re start a reincarnation cycle on another planet in this solar system. And again, that's a prophecy that's been, that, that, that uh, is, is going to happen. Yeah. And one of the things that blew my mind uh, reading about um, reading about this in uh, chapter number six, I believe, of your book is that we human beings come from another planet, Maldek. Um, that was 18 million years ago. And it just blew my mind because, I, as you may or may not know, that is a bold claim. And that is um, uh, that is something that a lot of us, uh, we were never told about this. And it's new information for anyone who listens to this. Um, so where is uh, Maldek? And well, 18 million, what, what exactly happened that we, and how did we come here? Well, Earth? you know, as far as blowing your mind, it blew my mind as well when I heard it. So it blows everybody's mind. Um, but again, there's part of us that remembers that uh, vaguely. Um, you know, it, it, again, why did the, why has the mainstream media or the, or the governments or historians not talked about it? I think there's been a deliberate cover-up. I think uh, people have received this information. Uh, uh, you know, we only have history that goes back a couple, you know, five, five, six thousand years, uh, in regards to you know modern, modern, the modern age. Um, but mm. nothing has been talked about what happened eighteen million years ago. And again, a, a yogi master like my master, or the, or the masters in India in the in the East, uh, are are able to raise their consciousness and 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 project astrically astrally project from their bodies uh he could you know a yogi master can read your aura and know your aura contains a, a complete picturization of your past uh, up to your present and he could easily he can easily see into into your aura and know where you've been where you are and where you're going and and that's the same with the planet she also has an aura uh, people mm. refer to this as the akashic records and he was able to project and and observe and the akashic records don't lie not like the media they they have a complete i guess you would refer it to a like a, a three-dimensional color super 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 computer that holds mm. all this information just like our subconscious mind holds all the information of, of our past existence so these are these are something again which terrestrial science can only imagine as far as technology is concerned, and so this, yeah. so he he saw in uh, on this picturization that indeed eighteen years ago we lived on this planet called Maldek. Mm. It, it was um, between it orbited between Jupiter and Mars, and he said that we were very technolo technically very advanced. He said robots took care of all menial tasks on this planet to the point where we kind of were in a state of utopia. We had abundance of food. We could control mm. the weather. And the Bible talks about Adam and Eve and the fall from the Garden of Eden, even though it's it's a bit of a fairy tale, but it has a lot of truth. I think they were probably referring to the fall of Maldek. And what happened, there was, Dr. King said, there was uh, some scientists who something warped into them mentally and they created... Um, a, a hydrogen bomb, which he said was 10,000 times more powerful than the hydrogen bomb on Earth and completely destroyed uh, the planet Maldrek in a, in a flash of searing flame. Mm. And all that's left of our home planet these days is the asteroid belt. And it's very interesting to note that scientists 
are now coming forward with the theory that, that the asteroid belt could have been a planet that was blown up uh, 18, you know, many, many million years ago. So again, you know, what the metaphysician says today, um, the scientist, you know, usually finds out three, 400 years later. So the metaphysician is more advanced than the basic physical scientists because uh, they can see not only above the physical realm, but also in the higher aspects of mind, the higher aspects of realms and realms where, you know, like, mm. like where you can go into deep meditative states and read the true history of, of, of the earth and, and, and of the race. And yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, uh, I was about to say from your understanding, um, so um, the great change is happening. We came from Maldek and once this, um, once the great change happens, are we meant to stay on Earth, or are we going back to Maldek, or is there another place that we are sort of heading towards? Well, we can't go back to Maldek because it's the asteroid belt now. It can't be. We can't. We actually just we were, you know, Doctor King referred to us as interplanetary murderers that were given refuge to to Earth, and again, twice in our history. Uh, we've we've destroyed our own civilization. He talked about the civilization of, civilization of Lemuria that fell in an atomic warfare, the civilization of Atlantis, which a lot of mm. the Vedic texts, which go back to 20,000 years plus, talk about Virmanas or flying machines and beams of energy. And, you know, so Atlantis fell again under atomic warfare. And so this mm. time, uh, man can still debase his energies if he wants to go into war and and destruction, even atomic war, but he will not be allowed to destroy this planet. And uh, as far as staying here, it's our, it's our heritage that we can stay here on planet Earth, um, but we have to make that choice. And if we don't, if we don't raise our vibrations in the coming uh, centuries as we reincarnate on and off the Earth, then we will be physically taken after death uh, to this other planet, which is which some scientists call Planet X. It's on the other side of the solar system. It can't be seen physically, but based on their calculations, based on the pull of Neptune and uh, Uranus, they they know that it's there. They've calculated it to be at like ten times the size of Earth, and that's the planet that that uh, we will be taken to uh, after death uh, to mm. reincarnate. And, and start our evolutionary cycle uh, on the, on that planet. So um, again, yeah. you know, it's an eye opener, but it's uh, I believe it's it, it is the truth. Yeah, and it's yeah, and like we discussed earlier, it's just it's such a big concept to grasp, and it's not something uh, that you can really take in and understand in a matter of a day. And well, it's because it's never eyes. been it's never been openly discussed and. Uh, and nobody's come forward with these truths before. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, of course, it's going to cause a tremendous, uh, you know, uh, in the brain, it's going to cause a tremendous turmoil because these are these are things that we've never come across. And then when these truths are exposed, again, uh, you know, some people know within that when you speak these truths, something tells, goes within that, yeah, this could... You know, when I'm, I've mentioned Maldek to people and they they never even heard of Maldek and they say, yeah, I believe that. 
So there's some some aspect in the, in their intuition knows that this these things happened many many million millions of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about interplanetary travel, or um, as discussed earlier, UFOs and aliens, we we want to listen, right? Uh, as normal human beings, we want to listen. We want to dive more into the subject. It's it's not. Um, a simple disregard for this topic. It's not. It's not as if you know. No one's ever going to say, "Don't talk to me about this topic," because I, that's complete bullshit or BS. Uh, we as human beings, we we have this curiosity. Like we want to listen, and we, somewhere, somewhere, we want this to be true as well, because it's just exciting. It's exciting that you know there is so much to life um, than this, and there there is a massive history. There is a massive culture. Um, as human race and not just a particular person or individual or a country. Yeah, and, you know, um, the concept, uh, you know, even quantum physics is now talk about parallel universes, different dimensions. Mm. Um, you know, Dr. King wrote a book in the 60s called You Are Responsible, and he talked about projecting to places like Mars and Venus and conversing with advanced civilization. Again, he was laughed at. And uh, I agree with the scientists that if you go to Mars or Venus or Saturn or Jupiter, just on a physical level, the the the, the possibilities of life are pretty slim. Um, but you know, he projected to higher spheres uh, on these planets and converse with civilizations who were very advanced. And you know, he said that man could travel to Mars and be on Mars for two hundred years and not even detect a higher civilization. So these beings are, are, are exist on high vibrational sequences, and the only way to contact them is to raise our vibe. That's that's why they contacted Dr. King because he raised his vibrations to their level, to the high mm. elevated spiritual level where he could be contacted. Uh, you can't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can have direct contact with these cosmic beings unless you reach that stage of evolution. But at the same time. You can telepathically contact them where energies can be sent to you uh, on an individual mm. basis uh, based on the technology that they have. Yeah. And um, I was reading about one particular line again. Uh, this, uh, Let me just go back to my notes because I forgot the, this, the phrase that you've used. Um, there was something about... Uh, the white deities or um, the collection of white um, leaders. And I believe Dr. George King has written a book about this as well. Yeah, um, he referred to uh, the ascended masters of this planet uh, who were referred to as the Great White Brotherhood. Um, That's it, yes. Yeah, the, the white is, is more on the on the term of magic as far as white magic is mm. not referring to any particular race although he said that the majority of these people are actually more um, brown skinned and yellow skinned um, than white skinned in, mm. in this they, another name for them is the spiritual hierarchy of earth now these beings uh, live in retreats under under mountains uh, around around the globe mm. and monitor mankind they're uh, and they also keep a balance of karma for mankind. If they were to suddenly leave, then mankind will topple tomorrow overnight based on our negative karma. So they, they, mm. you know, uh, Dr. King said there was only one reason to be on this planet, and that was to raise 
uh, Kundalini up to higher senses where we could uh, re- achieve deep states of meditation and bliss and joy to yeah. the point where we can go from cosmic consciousness to ascension and from ascension we can move on to other planets and break away from the reincarnation cycle of this earth now these mm. masters uh, reached ascension but they chose to stay on earth uh, and not go to other planets so that they could they could be used with their specialities individual specialities and um uh, these beings uh, are are alive, are amongst us, but then again, just like the cosmic masters, they they kind of behind the scenes. They don't openly mm-hmm. declare themselves as of yet. They will down the road, yeah. but as of yet, they still stay behind the scenes. And it, okay. it it brings me to another point that there's also, you know, talk about wars. There's also an invisible war that's occurring right now between the forces of darkness in the lower realms and the forces of light, which are the ascended masters. And so we we need to help the forces of light by sending this spiritual energy out uh, to the mind mm. belt because these are precarious times. I think the forces of darkness know that their time is up based on the, the rising of the uh, spiritual vibrations of, of Mother Earth. And they know that eventually they'll be transmuted and and... Uh, go back into the reincarnation cycle of Earth. So, so it's our duty. Not only, it's. I think it's our duty to the younger generation. I, I don't want to see my mm. nieces and nephews left in a in a world that's that's regressing. I want. I want to play my part. I want to know that I did something to help uh, mankind and the Mother Earth. And and I think it's. I think it's our duty to do that. Don't you? Don't you agree? No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, where you are, like it's, ta- it's like taking care of your home. Like if you look outside, it's such a beautiful day and you have the freedom of thought and you have the freedom of action to a certain extent. Uh, unfortunately, it depends on where you are as well in today's world. But uh, the fact that, you know, we don't take care of uh, Mother Earth, it's um, it, it's a sad reality. And um on the positive note, a lot of people are conscious about um, climate change and uh, a lot of people are doing it. I just last um, a few episodes back, I was talking to a friend about effective altruism, which is doing the best you can in the best way possible or in the most efficient way possible. And she was talking about all these um, groups coming up together and all these statistics about the world, people trying to make the world a better place, and which is heartwarming, which is something that needs to be done today. And um, like you rightly mentioned, we want to make um, the place um, better for future generations. And just like, you know, we, I grew up, I think I grew up in a certain, um, in a nice age, as in my, my childhood was, um, I would consider it to be normal uh, in Nepal. And I had uh, the freedom of to think, I had the freedom to move. That's why I'm, I'm in a different country and I can talk to you and have these conversations and we're not bound by certain ideas. We're not married to certain ideas. Right, we can right. be free for thoughts. And uh, all of these, this is a collection of um, the things that have been given to us. And I think it's it's luxury, to be honest. Unfortunately, you know, it depends on really where you are as well, because certain countries have people that are struggling. And um, like, for example, Afghanistan, what happened last month, uh, it's just a terrible situation. But um, I think we do have to be appreciative that we are here. 
and we are yeah loved. yeah we have to count our blessings and 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 yeah appreciate the fact that we're you know in like in your country in my country we're still allowed to have open ideologies uh, and discussions without being put to, put into prison so <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's true so mm. i mean absolutely and 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 even those those countries, communist countries, fascist countries, and uh, other countries where they enforce the rule of law, they'll be allowed up to a certain point, and then they will fall. They have to fall yeah. because they can't. They can't be. Uh, no civilization has ever been successful based on based on lies. That's... They can only they can only last for a certain long. You know, if you look at our history, com- communism, fascism, Nazism, they they were only allowed to flourish for a certain while but they can't they just can't stop evolution and and they they all fall in the end and so places where you know uh laws of man are enforced by by dominance and dictatorship uh, have to fall so mm. um uh you know again with this raising of vibrations they'll, they'll, they'll fall quicker than they realize it so they they can't be based on uh, that's why I don't care for dogma and man-made laws. Um, you know, the cosmic beings, when they talked about the teachings, they said, well, you know, we're not bringing anything new that Jesus or Buddha or Krishna or Patanjali or Lao Tse or Sankanchara uh, have taught in the past. We're just bringing an updated version of it. They said, just follow those basic spiritual laws which yeah. all these great masters, which I believe were interplanetary masters anyway, came to us to teach in different cultures, different uh, times, but they're all the same teachings. And we just have to go back to those natural spiritual laws, things like thou shalt not kill and love thy neighbor, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, just the fact that uh, if you restrict um, ideologies of someone, it's sort of it, we were never supposed to do that. It's a, it's a man-made law and it's right. a man-made government rule. Oh, uh, you've got a cat there behind. That's she's cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, but would you? It, it's been it's been incredibly fun uh, talking to you about all of these things and your book and your ideologies. Um, and I sort of uh, wanted to go back to your acting career because I've watched Mad Men and uh, I remember the scene uh, where you've acted. And I can't believe that. Uh, I, I distinctly remember watching that scene because it's it's very close to heart for me. It's very close to home, that the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna scene. And I saw you there and I'm talking to you today and it's it just feels unreal. Uh, tell us about your journey into Mad Men, into that scene there. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I, I had to audition like everybody else, and uh, and it was mm-hmm. it was a great experience, you know, just to go to the table read and be with the whole cast of Mad Men. It was like I, I was I was I was like you know rubbing my eyes, like am I really there, you know, to see uh, to see these guys, these incredible actors, and it was yeah. a one. It was a wonderful experience, absolutely something I'll cherish. Yeah, and probably it, I think I was the only South Asian actor to be on Mad Men. Oh, were you? Yeah, I don't think there's been any South Asian actor on Mad Men, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think I think I remember thinking this. Uh, like, I watched Mad Men three or four years ago. That that scene where you were there, and like, oh, that's that's an Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was just thrilling to see that scene. It was a funny scene as well. It was a um, so you got to meet all these um, actors, John Hamm, and uh, yeah, all the leading cast there. 
Yeah, great, yeah. great people. What an experience. I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some some of the highlights of my acting career, absolutely. I yeah, mean, I was, won't talk it, about yeah, the the, the lowlights of the acting career where you have to deal with all these rejections <laughs> and do menial jobs and you know, yeah. but it's part it's part of life of being a, a working actor in in LA. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just that, um, it, and I think it's a good feeling for you because you've got so many experiences under your belt, not just um, ideologies and philosophies, but also... Yeah, I'm not just a guy who wrote a book and wants to be popular yeah. about writing a book. Um, this is a labor of love. I don't make any money of it. There's no money in making a book in, uh, a book on Amazon. Um, mm. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something I feel that I've kept in the background over 40 years. And it's a passion of mine now. And uh, it's not something I'm doing for any kind of fame or fortune. I just feel at this time, again, like like you were blown away with these truths, just like I was blown away when I heard them. Uh, mm. I, I want your listeners to be blown away. I want everybody to be blown away. I, wa I want, uh, you know, people to start saying, whoa, whoa, hold yeah. on a minute. And, and, and it makes perfect sense. And, and, and again, the mission is to is to is to uplift and give people hope in these troubled days, yeah. and that and that's the that's the essence of of these cosmic beings. Is they come they come with hope, they come with a promise of a of a of a better future, of a lasting future of of love and joy and peace, which uh, hasn't occurred uh, in our past. We've had a very very evil and bloody history, and it's time for that to stop. Yeah, wise words. Wajid, it's it's been fun, and and thank you so much for doing this. Um, is there anything um, in particular you'd like to mention before we part ways, um, and possibly do this again in the future? Absolutely. Um, if people want more information, I, I've talked about the Ethereum Society and the Twelve Blessings, uh, and the book, The Struggle for World Sanity. They can also go to my uh, my web my uh, web website, which is uh, wajidauthor.com. W-A-J-I-W-A-J-I-D-A-U-T-H-O-R.com for more information. And, you know, uh, the last words are living love and keep an open mind. There you go. I think that's uh, having an open mind is so important. It's like, you know, you've got you've to be able to have a discourse about everything. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you have your, you have your tasks to do. You, you've got your life and... Um, yeah, I think before we go, uh, I'd like to reiterate what you've uh, mentioned so many times in the book and what you live by as well, that the only thing we should have our full attention on and focus on is love and service. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, cheers, Fuji. Thank you so much for doing this. We'll keep in touch uh, via email and uh, possibly do this again in the future. Thank you, Sahil. It was a real pleasure talking to you. All right, Rajiv, thank you so much and have a wonderful evening there. Um, and trust me, the 20th of September is an awesome day. I'm sure it's, it's going to be for you as well. Thanks, Sahil. All right, then. Bye-bye. <laughs>